And when you see um, two people having an argument, they're instantly just totally in their emotions. And, you know, they both think that's telling the truth, but anyone is totally unemotional and is listening to this argument can see the distortions coming from here and the distortions coming from there. They've blown this aspect of the truth up or they've debased that aspect of the truth of that other person over there. Um, they've belittled that person and you know, they've not taken the full argument. And when, when you are speaking emotionally, you never speak to conclusion. It's like a, a five-second grab on the television set of an ad. You know, they don't tell you the full sort of story or sort of politician on, on, on a stage. You only get a tiny snippet of the picture, and that's the way you are emotionally, because you don't think to conclusion. You only look at a, a surface issue, and then you quickly jump to something else, and you quickly jump to something else, and you jump to something else, because your emotions are always turning upside and around you, and your attention span is very small on the whole. So what you've got to learn to do, if you want to think clearly, is get rid of those emotions, get rid of those coloured orings, auras and start to think of your heart, start to reason the truth and expand your attention span to the full length of the vision, the full length of the debate to really look at the subject in depth. If you want to know about somebody's psychology, um, yes, you can look at the aura quickly, but on the whole, you've got to talk to that person and you've got to ask that person many questions about this or that subject to get in the depth. And when you're speaking emotionally, you don't give yourself the time ever to do that because immediately another emotional or another auric swirl comes in and uh, your vision has changed accordingly. Your perceptions have changed accordingly. And this is the worst problem with the aura. It, um, with, with people's emotions and the auric colorings, they lie. They lie to themselves um, as to what the truth is and then they believe this and then they give these lies out to the others and it always becomes more and more distorted. And so the gossip mongers, they start off with a little bit of the truth. Yeah. They've got this little bit of gossip to say. And by the time it's gotten to the fifth person down the chain, it's been turned into a full hydra, full horror story. Um, almost no truth there. Whatever is taken out of context is a lie anyway. And this again, the, the emotions do. So it's good to understand the way the emotions work. It's good to understand theoric colouring. Once you um, understand the way the auras are, then you don't really need to look at people's auras because on the whole, it's self-evident just by their character. And on the whole, you just have this quick inner flash of a person's aura and very quickly on the inner, on the, on the, in your mind's eye, you see it and automatically then you can respond to it. When people are jealous... Um, they have this pink red, this pink color of affection, um, of deep affection, with, this, with these um, flecks of um, red in it. But then they have these little, really nasty little serpents of green just flashing out at the, the object of jealousy. And these can actually become quite strong lightning bolts, and eventually the whole auric of jealousy can consume the being. And some of you know this energy and how the energy can be quickly whipped up and start to consume your entire life. Uh, so. You have to be, be aware of auras and be aware of the, what you create because what happens is that even if you don't go and physically attack somebody, um, for instance, if you're angry, you're actually attacking that person with your aura. Your auric substance is shooting out at that person and hitting them. And with that, there's karma. You must pay for that. You can never ever give any auric substance to anyone else, whether being as lovers and you're totally you know, ecstatic in each other's embrace or as, as enemies 
whatever auric substance is given to another person, that's yours. You must get it back. The reciprocal of whatever you gave. And if you give out loving auric energies, then you get back loving auric energies. You must sometime in the future. And if you give out hateful and spiteful energies, well, that must come back to you in equal amount that you gave out. It's your substance, your energy. And uh, when, we, when we talk about the divas later on, you'll understand that divic substance will come back to you. It's the law of life. It's the law of karma. So nothing that is uh, done emotionally, nothing that you think uh, is free of karma. You, it all has its, its um, exchange accounts there. You give it out, it must come back. Uh, you hit somebody physically, sometime down the track in some life, you're going to get hit with the same pain that you cause. You send out auric energy of anger, then you must get it back. Now, understand this thing of anger, of aura. If you keep on sort of sending this type of energy out, you're actually influencing other people to be angry. Right? They're receiving these anger vibes. And it's going into their auric substance and it's automatically causing these little eddies and swirls inside them and painting their aura with that substance. And they're feeling anger from somewhere and they don't know where it is. And if they're weak in their own emotional state, then they'll flip out to anger for no real reason and not know why. So like attracts like. And this is a, a law of the universe. So if you have base auric substance, you attract to you base auric substance. If you have very, very heightened auric substance, for instance, everyone that's creative, you know, if you're a musician, you're, you're trying to compose a piece of music, and you send out into the air, into the atmosphere, these streams of auric substance, of inspiration, and what you attract to you is like thoughts as your own. Other composers somewhere else in the world, similarly thinking, and they send to you, you attract to you their thoughts, and you get these flashes of revelation, these images, and you suddenly sort of get this. Likewise, as an artist or anything else you do, there's a continuous stream of, of substance that, that's being sent from people to people. This is uh, more the subject of thought forms and telepathy. When you send out emotional energy, then you must pay for it, you affect others around you with that emotional energy. Um, men, for instance, are very good at sending sexual hooks at women, and the women receive this energy into their aura all the time. Um, and um, they have to deal with the effects. If a woman is very, very psychically sensitive, then she knows this effect, and she may either be turned on by it or turned repulsed by it. It depends on the woman concerned and how attracted she is to that man. This is just, these are just facts of life. Um, if, for instance, I often see it, um, a smoker, for instance, sitting there and um, he's got a cigarette, or she's got a cigarette packet over there, and all of a sudden she gets a flash, she sees that, and the response, and first of all, comes out the Zoric hand to grab hold of that cigarette packet, followed immediately by the hand, the physical hand, and it's often quite funny, the effect of seeing this hand first shoot out of the, the aura and then a physical hand following. And this is the sort of thing that you do with your desired body. If you're sort of walking past a shop or, you know, and you're hungry and you suddenly see this, this wonderful food sign and all of a sudden out of your body comes this, these hooks and these feelers towards that and you'll feel it. You know, you're jumping towards that particular sign 
and suddenly you turn your body, you know, it's registering your brain that that particular type of food is a delicacy you like, and you go and buy it. And advertisement, you know, the, the mass media works with these subliminal images. They give you um, images in their, their advertisements to actually stimulate your auric uh, <laughs> responses. So, again, what you have to learn to do if you want to be relatively free from this type of karma is, again, to control your emotions. Always emotional control. If you can control your emotions, um, then you can become a very beautiful being indeed, a very, very powerful being in this world. You're free from all those emotional ups and downs that, that, that most people don't like anyway. And you're not creating the karma of sending out psychic energy to people and then having to suffer the consequences of it in a later life. And there's many different ways of suffering these types of consequences I might explain next week. Going back to this grey, and the, the grey often indicates fear, fearsome energies. You're fearful of this or that, and so you have these bands of grey around you. Depression is another grey energy. And so when people are depressed, and depending on the strength of the press, the grey can go from grey to black. And most of you that see people and have friends that are depressed can actually see the sort of colouring around them. You can see it physically. You, you know, it's just so strong. And you know it's grey. Um, and that's just a you know, common understanding. And you then try to uplift them by putting into them some light energy. You give them a joke or tell them a story just to uplift their spirits, to make their energy a much clearer energy. The greater the depression, the stronger the grey, the more closer to the black. And um, with the, as you get closer to the black, you get those extreme selfish thinking of many people. You get those malicious thoughts, those spiteful thoughts, those hateful thoughts that some people have. And if you ever have those things, please burn them up. Sometimes you may have those things inadvertently. But if you send them out, um, this is a thing I just wanted. This is another aspect of thought forms. But if you send those thoughts out to another person inadvertently because you were angry for one second, find your thoughts and burn them up. Clean them up with a loving thought. Get rid of them. Don't allow them to linger in that person. If you sort of you know stub your toe over something and you swear, it's fine if you keep that energy within yourself. But if you shoot it out at some person or something then that person gets hit by that energy. And it will affect them with the quality of the aura, the quality of the energy that you have sent to them. And as I said, there's karma involved. So on the whole, if you manifest negative thinking, negative feelings, negative emotions, malicious type of thinking because somebody's done something wrong to you, they've stolen something from you, whatever, um, don't add to your karma by creating these types of thought forms. Keep them within yourself if you can't. If you can't stop them, thinking these things, keep them within your own auric sphere, burn them up later. But don't attack another person with them. For my perception, it's just as bad as physically walloping someone. And, um, yeah, it's a similar sort of karma. Um, all of you, if you can sort of control these emotions, keep your emotions within inside you, only generate positive emotions, and all of you know this is just the talking of love in the new age, um, then you um, not only sort of make your aura very bright, you also help the aura of the planet. Because your aura and the aura of the planet 
are one and the same thing. If we are always generating negative emotions, spiteful and selfish types of energies, and it goes out into this atmosphere, what gets hit by it is not just other human beings, but the plants and the animals. These plants, they wither and die, not just because of the pollution in the air from the soot from, from cars and things, but because of the negative emotional energy that they are always bombarded by. They become sick. Whole forests will die that way. Okay. okay. If anyone has any questions... People are colorblind, including blind people. The colorblindness um, is just a physical, physical thing to do with the rods and the cones in the eye. Uh, I'm not too sure which way it is now, but <coughs> one of these um, things in the eye, one of these cells in the eye, I think it's the, the, the cones, um, perceive color. And then it's the rods that perceive all the shades of gray. All it really means is that the, 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 cones, in the, the, the cones in the eye um, are damaged in some way or haven't been formed, and therefore can only see shades of grey. People also that are blind, of course, they've had the whole physical mechanism of the eye destroyed in one way or the other. It does not mean that they can't develop auric vision. And as a matter of fact, this is the, one of the great pains that I see in modern psychiatry. They don't recognise these sorts of things as auras. Therefore, they don't tell the blind people to develop clairvoyant vision. If the blind people were actually trained to see clairvoyantly, they would actually have sight of some sort. They would actually have quite good sight and far better sight than most of us. They would see orically. They would see everyone's auras. And, um, and it would be clairvoyance, yes, but it's not impossible for them to develop. And you can imagine the type of world that they live in then. They'll see you far better than you know yourself in the whole. And um, I think experiments are starting to be done in parapsychology and things like that to educate blind people to see orically. It has to be done more, obviously. <coughs> it's well worth the exercise. Okay, um, uh, about these uh, hooks and things you were saying that um, sometimes are uh, caused by uh, like sexual attraction, but um, I found... Um, that some of them aren't always so so nice, such, such nice intention. And just there's uh, like walking down a busy city street. There's so, sometimes you can like catch something or like oh, okay. yes, yes, yes. When when this subject that you're just mentioning here is, is a, a faster subject than than what you imagine. Um, when you're saying you're catching something, you're not just um, when you when you actually become quite clairvoyant and very sensitive, uh, then you really live in this, this psychic world and you do catch things. You catch the nasty substance of... Uh, the, 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 the filthiness of most people's auras and their, their minds, that substance actually sort of like pastes on you, on your aura like dirt. And you actually have to wash it out of you. Um, and if you have similar sort of qualities that actually affect you, they can make you quite sick. Uh, so... Yes, it's not just um, auric substance that you can attract to you, but entities, psychic entities. There's all sorts of psychic entities in this astral realm, and they also can latch on to you. And now we get into another aspect to do with healing. 
So when you actually develop this vision, it opens up a little bit a larger world than just auras. Okay, so yes, you're you're right on the track. And yes, people do emanate all sorts of, um, you know, not just um, sexual hooks, but all types of hooks. And if they don't like you, if they don't like somebody, they'll be walking around literally with a whole cloud full of entities and energies and thoughts and flashes all around them of this gross nature. If they're really angry people or they really, really selfish people, there's all these things that are just bobbing around there, the aura. And, um, you know, you can walk past them and receive some of this into yours. And it can help make you sick and then later on you cleanse. Very often we have to have to sit down and meditate to get rid of the substance and substance in rooms. Because a temple is a, a technically a place and should be a place where aura, where the auric substance of the temple is very clean indeed. Therefore, we don't like people smoking and things like that. It's the physical side of it. But the psychic side of it is, is the auric substance. Okay, so you're quite perceptive there. Most of you that, that on on um, on drugs are very susceptible, very, very psychically susceptible to emanations of this nature. You know, you open up to that world and you often get psychically attacked, sometimes without realising it, it gives you bad trips. <laughs> right, and so you have to learn to protect yourself more, A, through building a stronger aura um, B is through understanding this type of world that you're actually entering into quite blindly through your drugs. Does the aura uh, get cleansed when we sleep? Yes. On the whole, what happens in sleep is that sleep is a rest and the rest heals you. And what happens, of course, as you're being healed, as you're being resting, you're not, your aura is not being actively manifested in any way. You're not shooting out energies it's resting, it's being cleansed, it's calming itself, it's going back to a, a very quiet centre. And as a consequence, you wake up refreshed, your aura is refreshed, because you have not abused your energy body in any way. Sleep is a time of rest, it's a time of healing. And yes, therefore your aura does get cleansed while you sleep. And that's of course you sleep in a very, very noisy, crowded place full of very bad auric emanations. And then you can absorb these things into your body. Another case where um, auras may not necessarily get cleansed when you sleep is if you're sleeping with somebody who has a non-complementary aura to yours. In other words, somebody whose aura has negative energies in it. They may be hateful or spiteful people. And if you're sleeping next to somebody like that, then you absorb that person's aura, that person's auric substance. And it'll tend to give you that type of spite or hate. Other people's auric substance, and this brings in a new subject, can vampirize you. You can be sleeping next to somebody who psychically drains you because they are weak and they need your energy. And so you wake up feeling quite down because of that person's need for your substance, your, your auric substance. So it should be cleansed while you sleep, and on the whole that is the purpose for, for sleep. But if you sleep under these conditions I've just mentioned, then you can actually um, have devitalized auric substance 
or you have absorbed into your aura some really bad emanations from the environment of which you have found yourself in. None of us like sleeping in a crowded space full of lots and lots of strange people. Will there be a time when everyone will see auras? Well, of course, that is the way of evolution. Long time in the past, human beings were clairvoyant as part of the infancy of, of the race. Children are naturally clairvoyant, babies can see auras, and we grow out of it as we're conditioned to think in terms of materialistic society. Likewise, when the human kingdom was young, they were naturally clairvoyant, they were psychic, they saw auras, but they didn't have any mind, they didn't have any intelligence. And when we developed intelligence, it destroyed our ability to see these subtler forms of energies. And the future, the new age, is to again see the aura and to see into the subtler realms, into the higher stratas of being, with wisdom, with understanding, and to direct our vision correctly and rightly. So that this time, we don't use this psychic power for the uh, manipulation of other people, for the amassing of great power around us, for selfish purposes, but for healing purposes, for helping people. You can see quite clearly that as human beings become more loving, and as the race of man becomes loving, then the ability to see auras will naturally develop because they begin to be attuned to high and high energies. And all you're talking about when you're talking about such things as seeing aura is just simply seeing energy states that's a little bit above where the average human being is at. Therefore, when humanity evolves to high energy states, seeing auras will be a naturally occurring function will no longer be seen as something psychic or something strange or alien and uh, so this is what I look forward to when beings are loving enough to be able to see the auras of other people and the thought forms of other people without using the information they see in a wrong way in a selfish way and most still think this way most would use the seeing of auras, for instance, of a prospective lover um, for their own purposes. They may sort of see thought forms, and the thought forms may relate to, say, winning lotto. And none of these things is actually good for the individual before they are ready to use the information given in an unselfish way. Otherwise, this world will far more rapidly head towards destruction than it is now. At present we just have a materialistic man um, creating materialistic havoc upon this earth, destroying our rainforest for greed, for instance. But if you also can have psychic power, then you'll do much more destruction on the inner realms, consciously. We're talking about the masses of human beings. Therefore, um, we don't see auras for good reason. It's for safeguard of the planet and so that people do not amass for themselves an enormous amount of terrible karma. Karma also have to spend lifetimes trying to fix up.
So, in time, as everyone learns to love more, give more to each other, be unselfish, be altruistic, always um, do the best, always loving, they will see auras and aura vision will be natural. This new age, incidentally, is, is a time when the barriers between the etheric realm and the physical realm will be shattered, when more and more of our children will be gifted clairvoyance, will be um, on the path to enlightenment. And as they become so, and they become the majority, science will have to bend and adapt its ways to include this type of phenomena as a norm and it will be investigated by science itself. Much will be written about the human aura. Um, I just had another question about the, your answer to the last one about how children can see auras and then lose it when they get intelligence. I don't understand where that stands as, as a child being intelligent you know, before it speaks or um, that really. What most mothers notice when they have a newborn child is that it's staring in space and for hours it's amused by something and it's staring this way and it may have a little giggle over there. Children are, are noted um, playing with imaginary, imaginary entities. They have their imaginary friends. To the child, that's not imaginary, it's something they actually do see. They're naturally clairvoyant. And the child has not yet developed great intellect. It's as they become conditioned by normal human values, by this um, society, by parents who, who don't understand what auras are, who don't understand the world the child is in, they start to condition them to look at the materialistic world. They start to condition them to think in what the, in a, in what the parent thinks as a rational way. They start to teach them about materialistic values, about money and about uh, things that, that, that's of interest in the parent's life. So the creative, imaginative flair in the child, that uh, clairvoyant state, is gradually educated out of the child. It's a form of abuse from my point of view because of the ignorance of the parents concerned. But it's also a natural development as the child becomes more intellectual and therefore more aware of the physical plane and physical plane attributes. And as a consequence, that imaginative world on the whole disappears. The type of play that they have um, disappears. And understand that the way children play with their um, imaginary friends and they make dolls real and some boys have these war games for instance these are all types of clairvoyance of course as they get older it becomes more articulated into physical plain things such as computers but when they're younger it's far more imaginative far more in the mind's eye and how do you see clairvoyance the auras you can see it inwardly in the mind's eye as as um, type of um, visions or 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 very strong images, or you can see it externally with the awakening of the chakras. And both ways are possible for children. In the new age, as the new age unfolds, more and more educated parents will begin to actually teach their children to retain that vision instead of brainwashing them to think in a different way. 
and that is the way it must be. That is the evolution of the race. As I mentioned in the past, I was really speaking about ancient Atlantis and the type of awarenesses that was developed in the Atlantean stage. Um, and if you really go and read your mythology, for instance, Greek history, you'll find the further you go back in time, uh, long before there was science as we understand it, people were uh, did everything according to the way the gods told them. They did their rights. And the gods were them the real entities because they saw clairvoyantly. They were naturally clairvoyant. The whole story of Greek mythology with the arising of, of such um, great thinkers such as Socrates, Archimedes, Plato, was the transference from this type of um, national clairvoyance to intellectual capabilities when people started to think rationally um, or what people now call rationally and thus they began to lose their clairvoyance they begin to think in terms of this and that of the material world rather than the entities the psychic entities the uh, deviant entities that are the gods of the myths we will go again to the future and we again we will see these things but with much more understanding of the how and the why of what is happening and what they see. People in the future will be much more scientific than they ever were in the past when it comes to the opening of the eye. Okay? What happens to our aura when uh, we meditate? A very good question. It depends on the nature of the meditation, of course. And uh, some people meditate on totally the inappropriate things. They, they try to force open chakras, for instance. Or they try to visualize deities. They can put a lot of willpower into the meditation, thus uh, forcing their whole auric structure into the way of that will. If they're using a lot of willpower, the aura can become very intensely red or green. If they are um, meditating on deities, they can become very, very blue. Uh, the quality of the deity or the entity that's attracted to them can also change the aura. So, also when they're meditating, if they're meditating with very calm space, of course the aura itself begins to be calmed. It's eddies, the normal swirls of, of the aura start to, to serve out. The eddies start to dissipate a little bit and smooth out completely until there's nothing but a very tight, calm aura. The colorings, therefore, become lighter and brighter. That, of course, if somebody is meditating properly. Of course, if you're meditating, as often people do upon selfish pursuits, uh, here I mean, for instance, the businessman busy trying to make money, people often forget that that is a meditation too. Those people that are busy um, in that material world, sort of thinking hard about how to do this and how to get that, uh, they have to meditate continuously upon these types of um, pursuits and their aura is coloured according to the nature of their meditation or the nature of their strong will. If they're meditating, in this case, upon selfish things, then we get the, the, the grey-green of selfishness um, strongly appearing in the aura and, and colouring it. Um, and even after they've stopped thinking along these lines, that colour is still there and still tends to make that person selfish. Therefore I say, calm your aura, serve it, make it smooth, make it wholesome, and therefore meditate upon non-selfish things, meditate upon high altruistic motives, meditate without mind, simply allow impressions to come, 
and when impressions do come, then the aura itself is of a very high quality to receive them. The aura, if it is all swirling and agitated like a, a rushing torrent going to an ocean, then, of course, it will not allow these impressions to come through. Therefore, all meditation, all true meditation states, must mean the development of karma in the first place. It's quite laughable when people think that uh, to do meditation you must shout or scream or, or, or awaken the emotions in some strong way. It's the very antithesis of meditation. And it certainly is the very antithesis of producing anything um, of, of beauty in the aura. Be calm, be serene, be quiet, and still those emotions. And then high energies can come into being, high colors. What is the best way to train yourself to see auras? Well, this was partly given in the class where I told people that if they wish to see the auras, they should look at their hand on a white background white piece of paper for instance in a dull light and defocus the eyes look a little bit away from from the hand and and you should see at some stage colors flashing they'll probably at first flash very quickly into your view and you may just see green for instance if you just see one color then you'll find that it's not the aura in nearly every case with the hand there's a small color at the fingertips another colour for the rest of the hand, maybe a different colour for the thumb, and generally about where the wrist is, or a little bit high up or a little bit lower down, is the grey-green of adaptability. And you really want to see these, these direct changes of colour as you defocus, the direct bands, so the sharp delineation between one colour and the next, um, then you can say you've seen the aura. And watch out, of course, for, for as I mentioned up before, um, bright-coloured clothing. For instance, if you've got yellow on and you focus upon that, then sometime your eyes will see blue. Um, the other way that you, of course, um, for some of you, uh, uh, if you take certain types of drugs, uh, you can also use this as a mechanism to see the aura because the drugs will, will act upon the receptors in the eye, especially if you actually defocus and, and tell your mind not to play tricks upon you uh, with monkey images. And if you do that, instead of sort of giving you what's in it, uh, its own sort of patternings, it starts to um, show you the reality around you. And you should see auras um, quite clearly that way. Um, I suggest also to control your emotions, as per usual, to have a calm center, so to be very, very calm and still internally. You're not going to see any auras if you're agitated. If you're full of glamour, if you're full of pride, if you're full of ego, these things all um, just simply colour everything according to your pride and your ego. So get rid of these things. Humble yourself. Uh, be very, very quiet. Be at peace. Uh, <laughs> some you may want me to smoke a joint. But um, on the whole, I suggest that you defocus your eyes away from what you're looking at and just um, allow the impression to come. Don't expect anything. And if the colors suddenly flash into your eye, into your mind, um, go wow. And as soon as you go wow, then of course that will be it. What you have to learn to do then is to actually hold the colors in your eye, in your mind, 
without any reaction. The first time it happens, you react and it's gone. And the second time it happens, um, you stay peaceful enough to see it for a longer period of time. And then you stay peaceful enough to see it even a greater period of time. So you practice and you practice at being very calm every time these colors appear so that they don't go away because of your emotional reaction. I want also to point out that you see through your own aura. Therefore, if your aura is agitated, you're not going to see anything. Drugs on the whole have a disadvantage here because they do agitate your aura. And um, therefore, um, if you're going to use this as a mechanism, um, you're really going to have to calm yourself uh, to see properly. Cleanliness of living, um, cleanliness of thought, cleanliness of emotions is what gives you um, the chance to see the aura properly. If you do see the aura around your hand, then you can start to look around a person's head. Um, generally there's yellow around the head, but often when people start to look for auras, that's what they see all around, a glow around a person, and that's not the aura. Uh, therefore, I suggest the hand. But then you can look at the head and other parts of the body, um, especially around the hips where there's generally the red, and if you see those colours, then if you go, wow, well, it's one thing. But on the whole, um, be very careful, because once you start to enter into this world, you begin to read people's emotions, the people's psychic problems and so forth, um, and you can automatically or unconsciously or unwillingly begin to project energies their way to alter their auric substance, and that in itself has karma, and karma must be paid back. Remember always that love is the key. You must become a loving person. Um, without love, there's just no way that um, you can control what you see and use the information that you get without producing karma.